Hey, girls and girl vloggers. Hi. Should we get right into it? Yeah. Did you guys want to start off with Coquette? Coquette has been a hot topic. We touched on it a little with the Irish Renaissance and Killian Murphy, just because for some reason there are men attached to the Coquette aesthetic, even though they themselves are not probably Coquette. But we kind of talked about it as being almost Victorian esque. There's something very period piece about it just because of the frilliness and the lace and florals in a very almost grandma's wallpaper kind of way yeah and there's it's only ever like a coquette man is never like you said is never like coquette aesthetic wise like they're just like yeah well actually now that i think about it they're just a coquette man just isn't a thing because coquette to begin with is like it's like supposed to be like a mischievous young girl isn't it yeah like a deviant so. young girl or something so like yeah. as a phrase as a term it's referring to young girls to begin with so like men just aren't coquette which is why like the aesthetic itself is so hyper feminine no oh, yeah that makes sense men in this conversation are only ever used in like the romantic sense like as your partner or something versus like actually being like a pillar of the aesthetics you know what I mean so yeah and I've seen many I think we should talk about this I've seen many TikToks about how Lana Del Rey isn't coquette which makes sense because I think her her own personal style is not coquette but like her music is very much like you said like deviant young deviant girl behavior so i think she still is an important piece of this conversation it shouldn't be like invalidated in that sense but i think it's more so the music of her and the themes within her music that's important to the aesthetic rather than her herself we said in the lana del rey episode that she kind of grew into that coquette aesthetic when she performs on stage and what she wears yeah because like did you know there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard like the cover art for that album i feel like it's more coquette than past albums i guess just because of the bows obviously wearing ribbons in your hair is timeless like that's such a schoolgirl, young girl thing to do but like the first grown woman or like more adult woman that I've seen put ribbons in their hair in the past like year or so I think was her on that album cover because I remember having like a conscious moment of being like wow that was like kind of I remember thinking it was a bit of a bold choice to like put ribbons in your hair in that way and then now it's like so normal like everybody's it's not like out of the ordinary to see someone with ribbons tied in their hair yeah, bows are back. And I thought bows would be back in the American apparel sort of way where, like, you just had a massive bow and, like, a half up, half down sort of hairstyle. But now it's, like, very dainty bows and also, like, a plethora of bows. I've seen a lot of – we can include some inspo picks for this because I have some in mind of, like, people wearing, like, a bunch of little tiny bows over their head or, like, wearing braids and having bows within it. Paulina, do you want to touch on the girl blogger? Yeah. 
Yeah, I can start. I can start. So I found this one article by Biz Sherbert. We love Biz called Intimacy in the Machine Slouching Towards Girl Blogging, which is like one of the greatest titles I've ever heard. And she essentially does a deep dive into the archetypes of what girl blogging is, what it represents, what girl bloggers are based on and obsessed with. I'll read a couple sentences. There were so many good ones, but just to kind of give a general overview, she says, a girl blogger is a girl who blogs about being a girl, a girl's girl, a girly girl who looks like she dances ballet, wears little, wears lip products from Dior, and is tightly wound but loosely tied together with silk ribbon. The girl blogger is obsessed with beauty and how she can have more of it for herself because she knows being beautiful is the easiest way and maybe the best way to be better than other people. And then Biz also cites that there's like the direct correlation to the waif figure, which I'm sure existed prior to the 90s, but that's, I want to say, is when it sort of came into popular culture with people like Kate Moss and the whole supermodel trend where everyone kind of looked the same, very skinny like worn down looking girls like very basic as opposed to like high glamour and high fashion and all that and then some other words femme self female manipulator trends that whole brand of young girl that has kind of taken over the internet as of late i personally have seen girl blogging mostly on instagram i know there's a giant culture for it on twitter as well but i avoid twitter to begin with i don't know if you guys have seen it elsewhere i don't think i have just because my feed is kind of messed up i think it's mostly instagram and then maybe people on tiktok reposting the memes on instagram true i wonder how you guys feel about it in general like i i kind of eat it up i love the aesthetic of it this I don't know like that hyper femininity it's not who I am personally but I enjoy the content I think it's funny and I also think it's very satirical and self-aware which I enjoy I think as a society we need to bring back blogging like just personal blogs of you like I don't know a diary entry things like that I think are interesting with like media attached to it more aesthetic driven photos or collages and things like that internet culture how it used to be so like against like girlhood and femininity it's fun to see the complete opposite of it where girls aren't shying away from like being girly and whatnot even if it means taking it to an extreme level it's interesting specifically on instagram the way that people just post all these like silly memes or just like aesthetic photos or like inspo pictures is very nostalgic in a sense because it I, I biz talks about this in the article too but it's a nod back to how people used to interact with social media where you just kind of post anything and everything and you just didn't really care whereas now everything is so curated i do think that there is instagram seems to be like, I haven't seen anything alarming on Instagram. I've mostly liked the memes and the, like, Whisper app, like, text post where it's just, like, a photo and then, like, the text on it. Although Whisper is kind of a cesspool, if I'm being honest. Stay far yeah, away from have, that app. Like, I imagine it's not um, good. But, like, but, like, the 
like memes that come from I'm not on Whisper, but the memes that come from Whisper and like end up on like Instagram and stuff like that and aren't like creepy, I think are funny. But then like also I I really liked reading this because it kind of like opened my mind to how almost culty the whole thing is because while Instagram is fine, there's a lot of like toxic manipulative things that are being pushed out there like when she's talking about the youtube channels that i checked are literally banned now like they got banned from youtube because they violated community guidelines where she's talking about these youtube channels run by girls that are like for manifestation and they're like watch this video and you'll be a hundred pounds and you'll look beautiful like a baby angel and then all the comments are like, I feel better than ever. I look so great. And all the other replies are like, how long did it take for it to work? And it's just a bunch of videos like that. Like, watch this and you'll be skinny kind of thing. And it thankfully is banned from YouTube. And I liked how Biz wrote this article because I was reading it and I was like, this literally feels like a cult. Like, I think she wrote it perfectly in a way that conveyed that. And it really opened my eyes to how culty the whole thing is and it was also hold on there was something she said specifically you'll find instructive guides on how to meditate visualize and manifest your desired reality in the case of the girl blogger how to think yourself into being adored and paid for that was just so sugar baby-esque to me and i think that there is something very sugar baby adjacent about the coquette lifestyle or vibe i guess yeah yeah when you said cult like i'm now like remembering some things i've seen on twitter like that just pop up in my feed because i think like this may be prevalent in like the video game community i guess i don't know i'm not really sure why it pops up my feed specifically other than that but like the female manipulator aspect of like dating and there's a lot of like posts they basically emphasize, like, if you have a boyfriend, like, you know, like, you will go literally insane, crazy if they look at another girl, you know, that kind of sort of behavior. And, like, the hyper-dependency on, like, your boyfriend and, like, the aspect of clinginess being a very, like, admirable trait in a relationship. So that kind of thing, I think, pops up a lot. And I think it adds a different aspect to the cultiness of it all. Because I think I just see, I see the same thing over and over again. Just kind of toxic relationship, I guess, behavior. And I think that kind of fits into this conversation. Only because the more, like, the aesthetics of these accounts are very hyper-feminine. They're anonymous. Like I have no idea who these people are. I don't think they have like they're very open about who they're like who they are and their identity. But it's mainly just shit posts about relationships and things like that. But I think there's a there's that sort of trend going on on Twitter, which I think is very like you said with the manifestation, basically eating disorder sort of adjacent posts that are on YouTube. Like I think this is harmful to younger girls um and people in relationships in general to be honest because i don't know it's just toxic relationship behavior 
So I think there's something, like you said, there's cultiness about this. I've also seen posts of girls being like, oh, if another girl looking in his direction doesn't drive you insane, you don't actually like him. And I'm like, is it that or is it that you just can't trust the man? Like, which is it? Yeah. So I feel like as much as it's kind of like a... I feel like it's trying to brand itself as being some type of girl boss thing where it's like you're like manipulating the man. It's also kind of just like it's not really girl boss. It's actually just kind of excusing men for bad behavior, I guess, because it's like. I don't know. Does that make sense where it's like, oh, you're a girl boss for like manipulating your man, but it's like. Not really, because why do you feel like you have to manipulate him in the first place? Yeah. So it's like, it's still it's still very like patriarchal in the end. Yeah, I agree. We've lost the plots, and I think people lack that nuance when they like these posts. Like obviously, these the posts I see, like they don't have there's like no discussion under these threads. It's usually just people like agreeing or like saying random shit but i don't know i haven't really seen people talk about that sort of nuance and or like in general like this sort of rise in like relationship posts that are like kind of alarming to see i mean i guess that's just like also prevalent in the video game world for me too it's just like men can't make mistakes but women can make all of them you know Mm -hmm. so i wanted to say on that note that one thing i also really enjoy about the whole girl blogging culture is that embrace of like female rage i see that really often especially like with the media that is like inherently tied to girl blogging like what becomes popular like films books songs and like musicians again this idea of like women are crazy but like they're kind of taking that and running with it full force even if it's satirical it's just it's fun to see in a way like all the all the memes like me going insane in my room by myself you know like I I kind of love that I don't know I think it's interesting I love seeing women especially young women like embrace their emotions and go wild with it Uh it is a very like Jennifer Check and Sylvia Plath kind (laughs) of thing yeah yeah I love that like Black Swan is like the girl blogger movie like I feel like that's just so perfect like yeah exactly ballet core and horror and getting angry at everyone and everything that's what young women should be doing and I mean that sincerely (laughs) we need to be going crazy more often and being proud of it yeah oh there was one other point from the biz article I wanted to bring up where biz is number one fans especially with this episode she writes there's this tension between wanting to live so you can be the most perfect girl on earth and wanting to disappear or self-destruct because being alive is hard gross neither heaven nor hell it'll never be 2014 again and you can't be reborn as a small frame nepotism baby which means you'll never be the most perfect girl on earth it's so real oh my god that's so perfect those are the two perils of being a young woman. Absolutely. Life is purgatory. That is so true. Do you want to get into girl dinner? Girl dinner. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> it's time. I'm so excited to talk about this, guys. You have no freaking clue. I'll start this off with the timeline because I even knew 
the timeline of things, or at least a very vague kind of aspect of it. So I remember Girl Dinner started last year. Like, it came into everyone's mind around the summer. And the first iteration of the trend, the original poster, if you will, was a girl named Olivia Mayher. The TikTok was her talking about medieval peasant dinner, which is like just bread and cheese. And she was like, here's my dinner. I call it girl dinner. And it's literally her eating like bread and cheese. And that was it. That didn't really take off. Like girl dinner didn't take off at that moment. I believe it took off with this video from Karma Carr on TikTok. And she's the one that has the the girl dinner song if you guys remember i'll have the links for all these too and her first post was just her eating like the end of a popsicle don't think it was meant to be taken serious the main punchline of the tiktok was her silly song about girl dinner and then that was july 5th 2023 and then she made another video july 11th of the song again but a different dinner it was just like leftover chipotle pecans a carrot and peanut butter and coffee i think that's when it started really taking off too and then we have something called boy dinner that comes up in july as well and it's an open pizza box that this guy has under his comforter and it's like old pizza that he just eats it's so nasty. It it was funny because he made like a boy dinner song. But obviously boy dinner did not take off the way that girl dinner did. What makes girl dinner interesting in this conversation is how the trend evolved to eating disorder accounts kind of riffing off the trend. And it unfortunately those posts entering the feeds of like people who don't really want to see that content so then it became like this conversation about you know is this trend actually promoting eating disorders which I have some thoughts about and for me personally I don't think it's fair to overanalyze like one meal from one girl and decide if it's promoting disordered eating I think that's it's kind of like the unfair results of like having these like Having some of these eating disorder communities kind of become mainstream in a way because some of these posts that people made about Girl Dinner who are coming from people that are not part of like those communities and are just making a post about their Girl Dinner like started, it started becoming, you know, criticized on their behalf. Which I don't think it's fair. And I thought it was interesting because in the original post or one of, there's another post that Olivia Mayher, the original creator of Girl Dinner had made there was a comment section thread that I thought was interesting someone said here to give credit to the girl that gave us a sound to explain that we don't need to eat three squares of meat and potatoes truly doing the lord's work and then Olivia replies exactly it's whatever and however much your body happens to need then that being said like the posts that like include just an iced coffee and like their vape and calling it girl dinner I do believe those are promoting eating disorders and should be criticized but I don't think that's a majority of girls in her, I think is what I'm trying to get at. This one article by Merlin Miller from Food and Wine magazine, it's called Please Don't Gender My Dinner. It's a cynical take on the girls' dinner trend and how it has unveiled stereotypes about a woman's relation to cooking and eating. And it describes the negative side of the trend about, you know, 
disordered eating with small meals and not well-rounded nutrition, which I I do agree, like I said, but I also think like we're overanalyzing every single meal too much. I think also in general, people don't understand well-rounded nutrition. I did read that article as well, and there was one piece that I have here quoted girl dinner is not on par with the mass embrace of something intentionally problematic but i worry that it signals a lack of critical thinking a single person participating in this silly meme is such a small blip on the landscape of social media but when it reaches the scale of 470 million views on tiktok it becomes a little less clear if girl dinner is something that's funny and cute or if we really are buying into the idea that a woman should eat 12 raisins and a piece of salami for dinner i think it's more so just because that wasn't the intention of the trend doesn't mean that that's not where it ended up going and that it was taken to that place. And I also think one person doing it is like, okay, fine. But to have like millions of videos promoting the same thing, there are children on social media. There's nothing we can do about that. At least for myself, if I found that content at 12 years old, not having the developed brain to decipher satire or sarcasm i would take it as these people are actually eating that for dinner this is actually what they have for dinner on a regular basis and that's like what girls should be eating for dinner and i don't think that that's like anybody's fault like unfortunately we have to coexist on the internet with young children that probably should not be there and their brains just aren't developed enough to understand when people are doing something for humor and when they're actually being serious about something. I think it is intended to be something harmless, but what I feel uncomfortable with is these images of non-meals being put next to the word dinner. I don't like, because dinner is supposed to be a meal, and I think the, I don't like what the implication of associating that imagery with that word could do. And I think that's what gets me about that. That's fair. Like I said before, that these, you know, eating sort of communities have always existed. They've existed for a long time. And I think it's, you know, I don't know if, that, that, if it's a result of the girls in a trend or just people, you know, catching on that these communities exist but like their their posts and their interactions have like started to like enter you know the feeds of people the prevalence that these communities are starting to like integrate into mainstream feeds people are more cautious about like you know showing their eating habits online just because it's a touchy subject and like you said there's a lot of young people on the internet that we have to kind of accommodate for, even though they shouldn't really be there. So, I mean, I think that's a fair criticism as well. People shouldn't feel like that they can't share what they're eating on social media. Like, I don't think we should, I don't think we should get to a place where people need to censor their food online. But I, for me, it's really just putting half a cookie or 12 raisins and putting the word dinner next to it. Even though it's a joke, there are going to be people that are not going to understand that. And I think that's the danger of it. I agree with that also. And I also think there's an aspect of this where I think it's 
like it's always kind of women that are being held to this higher standard of like censorship when it comes to showing your eating habits online they're the ones that have to have the moral compass versus everyone else but i'm also kind of seeing this trend of anything that is being branded or tied to like girl is being seen as like adolescent childish and also with like a hint of misogyny in all of this criticism towards what i thought was like a harmless internet trend i'm reading a little bit of like negative attitude towards like just girl things if that makes sense i did read your notes on that in the doc and it reminded me of i have a little pitch that you guys can tell me what you think of this I had this idea a long time ago where I just felt like something like Marvel, for example, is so lacking a just very hyper-feminine superhero. Like, I think we need more hyper-femininity displayed with... It needs to be reclaimed almost as, like, a powerful thing. And I just thought it would be so cool to have, like, a very, like, Elle Woodsy-type superhero or something like that. Daphne from the Scooby-Doo live action like she's literally fighting the bad guy in her go-go boots that's what we need because I think that there's such a push for like oh this is like unrealistic like put the women in like athletic fighting clothes to fight yeah sure but like it can still be pink like put her in a little juicy tracksuit and have her fight crime like that's epic Like, she shouldn't have to sacrifice femininity to be viewed as strong or powerful. And I think we need that really badly. No, that's so true. I think that's, like, what my thoughts were leading towards. Because there's this, like, sense that, like, just anything, like, girl, like, girly is, like, you know, like, undervalued. And I think that's part of why, also why all these trends are starting to, like, kind of kick up in popularity. There's some kind of hint of reclamation sort of going on with all these sort of, or like attempt at reclamation, I guess, like kind of reclaiming femininity as something that, you know, does not decrease like the value of someone. Like if someone is proudly feminine or likes girly things that doesn't like make them stupid or like weak, I guess, like you said with the Marvel thing. Because yeah, like who said athletic clothes can't be fun and girly like i think barbie was a step in the right direction but we're still severely lacking that representation in media and i think we need it to build the association of hyper femininity being a powerful thing yeah that's so true same with um i'm gonna talk about taylor swift trigger warning (laughs) (laughs) also wait before we talk about like girl math and stuff like that paulina do you want to talk about the ribbon tying on food also (laughs) oh yeah 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 but Tierney you can say your thing if you want (laughs) to yeah I'll be quick in terms of femininity being seen as strong I think with the heiress tour Taylor Swift has been like a really good role model for that sort of reclamation just because she is so like unapologetically girly and feminine but she's also one of the smartest businesswomen of today and also very talented creatively so the fact that the heiress tour and her popularity has really skyrocketed also kind of adds to this conversation in that respect but yeah that's all i want to say say bow tying on carrot time <laughs> i'm not sure if 
that trend came before or after the whole girl dinner thing. I think it was after. Yeah. Yeah. That trend of tying little bows to food really freaks me out. I don't know why. I think it's just the uncanniness of food itself and like the act of eating. I don't know. Something about it really freaks me out. It's just like personifying food. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's not like they're making like a cute little like character that looks like a carrot or like a vegetable or something. It's like, you know, real food and it's like not cute. I think it's like kind of parallels that trend that's like, when you're being mean to me, this is who you're being mean to. And it's like a baby deer in the woods or something. Yeah. And this is me if you care. Like I was just going to say that. Yeah, they all have the same energy. And like, I don't know, I think my whole thing about it is like, do we really want to aestheticize food like is that what we've come to it might be like a direct correlation to like disordered eating twitter coming back which freaks me out as well and that's not something i want to see but i feel like it's on its way and so again it started out harmless and that's perfectly fine and silly but there's just something that creeps me out about it i feel like something bad is going to happen it's like foreshadowing some really weird behavior around eating and food in general that I don't think is healthy, especially for all these little girls to be jumping on the trend, not understanding that it could lead to something a little more sinister than what was initially intended. I think the problem also is that recently, like, people have been kind of really identifying, like, these eating disorder posts, like, on their feed and, like, you know rightfully calling them out but it's also kind of like exposing that post to people because it's usually counts with huge accounts with huge followings kind of making those replies to those posts so it's like problematic influencers or youtubers like the more you point at them and say this is bad the more attention you're giving to them yeah anything else anyone want to say also just like cuteness is uncanny in itself so just something to think about anything that's cute is inherently really creepy like children tyranny what you said about personifying the food i think tying ribbons on it or like on food is it's almost like clothing your food like you're giving them clothes and there's just something weird about that it's so weird it's sausage party (laughs) (laughs) I'm adding that to the letterbox list of the coquette films. <laughs> Should make a really clickbaity title and just be like, is Sausage Party coquette? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. We get a still from the movie and Photoshop little bows onto all of oh them. My- we that- we need to do that. Get we in the stew. Get in the stew right oh now. Oh my god. Can we-, we need to make note of that. Hold on. Um, a sausage party coquettes <laughs> to do list <laughs> coquette sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> that is the cultural question, actually. Wow. Because actually, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, there is something like very coquette about. There's a word for it where it's like you believe inanimate objects have feelings. I think that is a kind of girly or coquette thing. So to like think that your food has feelings or like 
personify it by putting a ribbon on it maybe sausage party is a little coquette and it's also the same as like having like stuffed animals and like plushies and squishmallows and feeling bad for them when they're not on your bed exactly exactly i think i think that there's a connection there for sure so true so true okay we can move on to math because i think i had to do research on this because i only ever saw like a few posts about it and I didn't really understand what was going on. So I had to, like, look up examples of it and, like, get, like, an actual professional explanation of the trend. Because I, it did not take off the way that Girls' Dinner did. I think it it was just kind of, like, a small thing that happened. But it was another trend that, to me, acted as a descriptor for, like, feminine behaviors, I guess. So, like, online shopping, getting ready for plans, doing makeup, that kind of thing. When I first kind of saw girl math was I thought it was just satirical like no one actually is like really taking these posts to heart when it comes to girl math I think it was always kind of like making fun of how people think women make stupid decisions when it comes to finances and things like that sorry to link a BuzzFeed article but I needed like examples of girl math so I'll give you some from this article which I think were accurate when there is a buy one, get one half off sale, we will always take part because we would be losing money if we did not and we get four whole items, but we only paid for three. If it is on sale, you're making a profit, that sort of thing. I don't know if it totally landed as a, like a form of reclamation for like stereotypes for women or feminine presenting people. As we said when we met to talk about this a couple days ago, the STEM girlies worked really hard to get where they are. Yeah. I think it is, it's supposed to be harmless. Like, it's just justifying maybe not so great financial decisions. But at the same time, I think it's to people that don't understand that it's a joke, it is just another excuse for people to be misogynistic, I think. Honestly, it didn't take off the way that Girls Dinner did, like I said, but also. It was just harder to understand, I think. Like, Girl Dinner was pretty easy to understand because it was just, like, a meat, like, showing food and calling it Girl Dinner versus, like, Girl Math. There's, like, there's multiple layers to this that required understanding. I think it was it just intended to be one of those weird, quirky things that we just kind of do or think that we share on social media and then realize that it wasn't a unique experience it was a collective thing you know how people are like oh i've never had a unique experience before i think it was just one of those things yeah i think also like the justification part of it is like i don't know like you shouldn't have to feel bad for like if you want a purse that you like like you shouldn't have to feel bad that you bought it you know i think that's also kind of like sort of a it's like having to justify making a girly purchase. Yeah, exactly. Like you shouldn't have to justify that. Like if that's something something you want, and you if you have the money to it, do it, then why yeah. not? Yeah, like I think that's a result of patriarchal standards and like how girly purchases are seen as unnecessary or like not good financial investments. When it's just like if you want it and you like it, you should get it, and you don't need to feel bad about it. This is a trend that was, like, picked up by, like, brands, and they started using it in, like, their social media. So I think that's also, like... It kills it. 
yeah like the trend life cycle like when brands start using it it kind of starts to die off soon after i feel like the big three trends that happened this summer were girl dinner girl math and roman empire and roman empire is really the only thing that has stuck but like the coquette and girly aesthetic has remained yeah actually there was an interesting thing about the roman empire trend that was in that cnn article that i found yeah i think the great equivalent to girl math for boy math is the fact that all of us dudes think we could land a plane a man in one popular tiktok posited this could also be an interesting extension of the roman empire discourse which began when many men admitted they think about the roman empire on a shockingly regular basis which is a lie that's just such a lie i know i'm like really you're trying to think you're intelligent or something I think that's interesting how that kind of rose as well. These like very gendered sort of trends. Which I wonder if is because of like Barbie Oppenheimer summer, Barbenheimer. People were kind of talking about girl summer because of like the heiress who were Barbie. I think also Bottoms, that movie Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a lot of like feminine media. I think it's also worth saying though, like I think the notion of girl has also become very like non-gendered in a way like people from any gender identity kind of use girl as an indicator of something else it's kind of like a term of endearment almost like girl be for real yeah honestly we can tread lightly with that notion but there's something with the word girl that's changing we have something about ballet core oh i forgot about that So I had my own kind of thoughts about ballet core that I ended up just looking at this article that I found from Vogue written by Hannah Jackson that asks actual professional ballerinas what they think of ballet core. And so the general consensus from them was that ballet core isn't really ballet core. It's more the child little girl version of what little girls would wear to ballet class not really what professional ballerinas are wearing in attire professional ballerinas are more likely to wear more athletic clothing whereas like the little girls are wearing tights leotard maybe like a little sheer skirt or tutu and ballet shoes which are more resembling of ballet flats Whereas professional ballerinas probably wearing like athletic kind of pants and they're layering to keep their bodies warm. And then as class progresses, they can take the layers off, stocked up with the point shoes, and then also wearing different clothing items or skirts because you're going to want to rehearse in something that is more resembling of what you're actually performing in for costumes so if you're going to have like a pancake tutu you're going to want to rehearse in the pancake tutu just so your arms are in the right position and i link some i I link some examples so one athletic dancewear brand is called block and so they have like these like kind of swishy pants with like the elastic bands at the ankles and they also have booties that are like i don't even know like what the material is They look like snow boots, right? Yes. At dance competitions, the girls were pulling up in those. I had a friend who would wear, like, purple ones. And I always wanted a pair because I thought they were cute, like, to be honest. Like, yeah. And they look comfortable. They are cute. 
yeah they're like squishy kind of i want to say they look like they're made of like nylon or something yeah it is 100 percent nylon and then they have like an elastic band so you can like adjust it to like your calf and i think the block booties are so funny to me because there's absolutely nothing coquette about those people want to glamorize ballet but it's really not glamorous like it's a physical activity it's straining on your body point shoes are so painful and it's just really tolling to do but it's because there's such a daintiness to it and even though it's a painful and very like concentrated and disciplined art form it is intended to look very effortless and beautiful and so I think that's where like the coquetteness comes from it but I wanted to know what professional ballerinas actually thought about it and so they were weirded out by it at first and were kind of like okay it's kind of weird that our art form is being appropriated in this way that's not really accurate but then they grew to appreciate it because it was bringing more traction to the ballet community which is kind of underrepresented people don't really if you want to go see something, you're probably not thinking, I'm going to go to the ballet, much as people probably wouldn't be like, I'm going to go to the opera or something like that. It's more of like a classical art form. And so they appreciated the attention that it brought to their community. But, and this is something that makes me sick to think about, they are noticing that a lot of brands that are participating in ballet core and creating ballet core clothing aren't hiring dancers to model their clothing and they're shoving models into point shoes which is so it's just not gonna work like that's so difficult to do and like even doing like a little bit of ballet and then hopping into the point shoes is a difficult thing to do Pushing someone who has never danced before into a pair of point shoes is not only going to be really painful, it's just not going to work, especially if you're trying to model someone on point. Like, that's a, that's difficult and could be potentially dangerous. And it would just be so much easier if they would hire dancers to model their ballet core and actually dance in the shoots because they deserve the jobs, they can do it, and it would just be more effective if they would hire dancers to do it i've always been so fascinated by like the glamorization of ballet from when i was a kid there was this book series i don't know if you guys ever came across it i think it came out when we were in middle school they made it into a netflix show now the tiny pretty things you guys heard of it i think i've heard of it yeah actually it was it was a book series i want to say it was a trilogy and i remember reading it in middle school but recently like within the last couple years they made it into a netflix show i remember that is what started my like little fascination with ballet even though like i tried ballet when i was four and didn't stick with it yeah (laughs) like I, i had no ties to it other than that small experience but i just there's something like what you were saying, Emily, I think definitely the classical element is really intriguing to people. Like it's it's kind of a dying art now. Not kind of, it is really. And I think definitely the aesthetics, like there's just something really pretty about it. I don't know, like even if dancers are just wearing like leggings and shawls and like long sleeve shirts, but like, I don't know. I think a big part of it is the way that the dancers carry themselves. Like they make it look really pretty it's also it's very french and we've talked about the french girl obsession yeah but literally so many 
ballet terms are French words. Actually, they might all be French terms. Probably, yeah. And I meant to say earlier, but coquette is a French word. Mm -hmm. It came from France in like the 18th century or something and then was adopted in English. So the French are, they're at it again. And before I forget, I wanted to say I meant to link this article, but it's not available online. But thankfully, the author posted photos of it on her Instagram. So I read it through her Instagram. And it's by Philippa Snow. She wrote this article for a dance journal on the paparazzi photos of Brittany Murphy going to ballet class. Have you seen these photos? Yes. I haven't. Okay, I got you. These. She's standing outside of a ballet class. Like, just take it in. Smoking a cig with her leg warmers. Yup, wearing red bottoms, ready to go to dance class, right? And so apparently in the article, she says that she was prepping for a ballet movie. And like, I'm not sure if the movie ever came out because she passed away while filming. So I don't know if they carried on with the film. But regardless, those photos like went super like, not viral because it was 2007 but they went viral in their own way and people were talking about like ballet core from back then like why is she dressed like that to go to ballet class and all this stuff and i'll send you guys the article anyways because it's short but it's really good and it's basically just dives into like how britney murphy's take on ballet core is representative of like celebrity culture and like celebrity versus paparazzi and I just thought it was really interesting. And then the article goes into the author asked the question of what if Britney took Natalie Portman's role in Black Swan? What would have happened as a culture? Which is so good. And so I'll send you guys the piece. But yeah, that's just like a pivotal image of ballet core that sticks in my head. And that article puts it into words really well. Nice. I've always had a fascination with ballet, too. I always loved watching, like, videos of performances and stuff, because it's really gorgeous. And, like, the co like I always loved the costuming. Like, I always thought the costuming was so beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. And again, the whole, like, Victorian renaissance aesthetic of it, like, it's just so pretty to look at. I think it's a very emotional thing. Like, I've always had a very deeply emotional response to watching people dance, whether it's ballet or not. I once teared up watching a hip-hop performance. So I think it's just to see people very happy and passionate about the things that they're working on and creating live and knowing how much work goes into that is just a very visceral experience. We should go to the ballet more. Oh, we should. I know, we should. We should go to the ballet. I've been to one dance competition. Like, I went with my friend who is a dancer. And, like, so I've, like, seen, like, how crazy they are, like, behind the scenes. Like, all, like, the kids and their parents and stuff. Like, oh, my God. That is so crazy. But they're fun, though. Yeah. I, I miss the chaos. I miss the chaos so much. Anything else, guys? Anything else? I need to get a pair of block booties, like, honestly. I know. I think it's. I think it's a block booty winter. They're really cute. They look so comfy. They look like a more casual version of the moon boots that went viral oh, last yeah. year. But you said these have been around a long time. Yeah, they're cute. They're interesting. I like them. <laughs> they are so goofy, bro. There's <laughs> a, a denim one. Denim. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. 
honestly like dancewear brands are great like they're so awesome i remember anna marie tendler posted a red carpet that she did years ago where she had this black bodysuit and then this very sheer black kind of dress covering on top of it and she like made her own jewelry and i remember i freaked out when she tagged all the brands that she was wearing and she tagged capizio for the bodysuit literally a dancewear brand she was just wearing a leotard and i was like that's so epic she walked a red carpet wearing just a dance leotard as part of her outfit and she looked incredible like it was such a great outfit and i'm pretty sure she does have a dance background because she's done a lot of ballet self-portraits and she i think she has a bar a ballet bar on that note i feel like for people can feel however they want about the athleisure i have certain opinions about athleisure but there's something about the ballet adjacent outfits of like leotards and leggings like the most basic outfits that it just looks good i don't know like i personally have always been more of a leggings girly over like a sweatpants girly so maybe i'm just biased but there's something very like i guess it's the minimalism of it that ends up looking very chic in its own casual way i'm curious to see how prevalent it comes back because like i think i texted you guys the other day the photo at target that literally said didn't it say ballet core on the sign yeah like that is interesting to me so i'm curious how long it's gonna last and how far people are gonna take it and like incorporate it into their own styles if at all i hope it doesn't get taken to like a lululemon place though because that's so boring <laughs> yeah i forgot about that not lululemon hundred dollars for leggings it's ridiculous. And people go feral for them. Like, they're racist. Yeah, yeah. They are, yeah. Yeah. And again, I love a good pair of leggings, but I'm not paying that much for no, pants. It's not I'm worth not... it. Yeah. Like, you could not convince me. What if a hole gets into them? I know. I would literally want to die. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do for me then? I paid $100. Yeah. Crazy. How should we end this? Drop a comment down below and let us know what your girl blogger instagram oh my god or is are you a girl blogger we want to know your girl blog no yeah you self promo in the comments if you're a girl blogger. happy girl blogging